Welcome to Talk and Talk, the podcast for the MediaBlast.com. We're going to start doing uh, 20 episodes, I guess. A little different, where we uh, uh, induct the inaugural class to the Talk of Fame. We decided we were going to do this because uh, it's kind of a slow roll getting movies in <laughs> to the Talk of Fame. We decided after we had that brilliant idea to start it. So uh, we each picked our five favorite, or five most deserving, I guess would be a better way to say it, mm-hmm. uh, movies we want to start. So we can get kind of a baseline in the Talk of Fame. So it's not just the Matrix and Stripes, which is all it is right now. <laughs> what else um, do you need? Though? It could be for the foreseeable future, <laughs> right? So uh, we each pick five, and we're going to do one a week, loosely, um, and induct them and kind of put them through a the gauntlet like we do the other ones, but not spend an hour. Spend more like ten to twenty minutes on. Yeah, really, it's just that the person nominating the movie gets to. We're, we're, they have to put and it anybody else who who wants to sure. Um, because some of these we doubled up on are like, you know, I didn't consider Ghostbusters, not that I maybe would, but I know that that's David and Chris's one of their all-time favorites, so I assumed one of them would take care of it, like, y'all probably didn't have to consider Jurassic Park. Right. It's going to be one of mine in the future as well. Yeah. But uh, we're starting that now. Um, and I'm putting in one of mine. It's a 1946 Frank Capra holiday film, It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed. Uh, Lionel Barrymore, one of the old Barrymores. Who's the other? True. Semi- Henry Travers is the other mm-hmm. semi-famous person in that movie. Um, one of the most heartwarming movies of all time. If you haven't seen it, obviously I recommend it. But I'll give you a quick rundown. Jimmy Stewart plays George Bailey, a man who is like the greatest guy on earth pretty much in the movie. Gives up his dreams repeatedly to help out other people. Mm-hmm. Um and his life's not bad. He ends up taking over the family business, which is like a... Uh, pharmacy, kind of? No, it's like a oh, credit like, union, kind of. That's right. He works do, at the pharmacy early, do, am I right? Yeah, they help people get out of the slums, and he builds like small, good houses for them to live in that they can own. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ends up marrying Donna Reed, so his life's not that bad. <laughs> She's a perfect, perfect wife, perfect mom in this movie. Um but yeah, it kind of all culminates on a Christmas Eve, and uh, right after the Great Depression hits, he fronts his honeymoon money with Donna Reed, and they get through that, and uh, a big deposit for the bank is misplaced, and uh, kind of reaches the end of the line for him, and he decides he's going to commit suicide by jumping off a bridge, and Clarence, who's an angel trying to get his wings, comes and shows him what life would be like without him. story has been spoofed and parodied. Mm-hmm. hundreds of times over the past yeah. 80 years since the movie came out but um, it's just fan fantastic at the end he obviously realizes that life would be worse without him and then he's a great guy and does a lot of good stuff for, for good people um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time I watch it every year around this time yeah turn on TV in December and it's a wonderful life is on yep and it's just fantastic got a lot of great one liners um but it's mainly the Donna Reed and Jimmy Stewart are just two of the best movie characters. My favorite movie characters, anyway. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of depth there, really, but they're just sweet, sweet people. What about uh, what about It's a Wonderful Life made you pick it for, like, over all these other movies that are really, really great <clears throat> to be in this five? Um, I'm a big Frank Capra fan, first off. I think he's probably got one of the best romantic comedies of all time too I think and uh, it happened in one night it's mm-hmm. one of my favorites 
Um, but I'm a big fan of Christmas movies and romantic comedies. And this movie's got hilarious jokes that I think hold up. I mean, they're they're old people jokes, but they're funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him, the angel going into the bar and ordering mulled wine, heavy on the cinnamon, light on the wine. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like a dive bar. Always serve us whiskey here. <laughs> ordering mulled wine. Um, but yeah, it's one of the the like do the right thing movies that I think is just mm, fantastic. Yeah, the, that, the morals are great. And then it reminds you of Spike Lee. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the unofficial prequel to the right thing. And yeah, I love at the end the when, George, joint. when George throws the trash can through the window. Yeah. Of the and Clarence on yeah. his knuckles has like love and love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also a great villain too, I think, that is yeah. portrayed as a villain the entire way. There's no redeeming qualities about the guy, just a bad dude. Mr. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's his name? Potter. Potter, Potter yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Do you have like a favorite scene or a favorite sequence in it? Uh, I'm always enthralled with him and Donna Reed's character in the beginning. So he's deaf in one ear because he saves his brother who ends mm-hmm. up being a war hero. Um, that's one of the things Clarence the Angel shows him. is like, if you never lived, you would have, you know... Your brother, who was a Congressional Medal of Honor winner and saved all these soldiers in World War, doomed those people to death, basically. Yeah, they're all dead because you didn't save your brother. But he's deaf in one ear, and one of the just adorable like love scenes is when they're like 13 or 14. She leans in real close to the ear that he's deaf in. And like, I love you, George Bailey. I'm going to marry you one day. Mm-hmm. It's just super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything with Clarence Angel. He's so neurotic and kind of dumb. Um, mm-hmm. He's an old man, but he's a baby angel. You know, He doesn't really know. But his conversations with God are hilarious to me. Yeah. Was it uh, was it was it seen as being like, and I, I don't know, I can edit this out even if the answer is no. But was it seen as being like, was it blasphemous in any way? Like, were were people upset about Clarence and like the way he? Because it is humorous the way some of the 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 God aspects of it. And I don't know how touchy people were about that back in 1946. Um, I don't know. I haven't read anything about that. Okay. I know it got a little bit of backlash for bankers being bad people. Uh, um, which they didn't need any more right. of that at the time. They'd had a rough yeah. decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well all r- the bankers rough, to, rough few decades. All yeah. the bankers to Frank Capra. Like, like, come on, man. Come on, <laughs> yeah. man. We just, we're just doing good again. Um, but I do know that it's like elevation to classic was years later. Like it wasn't an instant classic. I don't think it wasn't Casablanca or Wizard of Oz. Huh. I wonder of. if like syndicated TV and having it every year show up kind of uh, instilled it as a classic for a lot of people. Yeah, because it became available to like every household around Christmas. Right, and uh, something that like our father kind of grew up with and yep. became his. Thing you know, we we got it for him on DVD. Kind of misses the point because it's already on. Yeah, uh, but apparently Capra described the film's theme as an individual's belief in himself, but said he also wrote it to combat a uh, modern trend toward atheism. He thought one of the one of our favorite questions, one of my favorite questions from the Gauntlet is: uh, Is it the, the Great, great Wall? wall? <laughs> yes. So, real quick, was this the Great Wall from 2017? It was not, but. All right. I bet Chris can compare the two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, but with this, uh, do you think this is who's 
on on whose list would this be the number one thing they ever did? Like the best the best work of their career? Could it might it be Frank Capra's? No, oh, you don't think so? No, not for me. Anyway. Okay, Jimmy what about Jimmy Stewart? No, no. I think I think that it is Jimmy Stewart's most recognized role. I agree. Yeah, <clears throat> just because of the the showing every year on yeah. TV. I think my favorite Jimmy Stewart may be Harvey. It's his best work, I think. Um, Mr. Smith, too, might be up there. Yeah, and, and again, classic. With, you know, also Capra. The same yeah. rules we invoked for Murray uh, apply to Stewart as well, which is like if it's even in his top five, it is as, imp- it is yeah. as impressive as being anybody else's number one. Sure. Yeah, I think the the, the biggest. It's not the two big names that are associated with this movie, but I think it's Donna Reed's best known work, maybe definitely best known movie, and. Um, Travers and Barrymore for sure. I think is Clarence Angel and and Barrymore playing Potter. Yeah, Barrymore as Potter is is fantastic. Yeah. And stealing from the the Gauntlet a little bit, I think it's definitely up there in the when we talk about you know example in the genre. Is it one of the best of its type? I think if you go slice it Christmas movie, oh it's yeah, probably easy with a bullet. Yeah, it is most people's number one Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Um. And, you know, heartwarming movie. <clears throat> yeah. Also, you know, way up there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And just, you know, like you said, one of the best things about it is it makes you want to be a good person. Yeah. Yeah, I like Hopefully movies. continue to be a good person. Yeah. Brett was about to say what I'm saying now, I think. Oh, it's like movies, I do that a lot. Yeah, I do too. That just, especially old ones. I don't know, something about old movies that just have a, a flair for it. Mm-hmm. Of, of just... Instilling good values in that, like that, to kill a mockingbird way, and it might be something that we don't that we take for granted because we didn't live then, and we think maybe that's how it was. But like, it's kind of the Wizard of Oz thing. Like, I don't have a brain. It's like, why don't you just walk with me? We'll figure it out later together. Like, mm-hmm. that wouldn't happen today, but maybe it did happen in the thirties. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of modern cinema, I think, is like a uh, <clears throat> a reaction to that stuff in the. 30s, 40s, and 50s, like some aspirational type movies. Right. Doesn't make those movies not good. It just means there's more to the palette of, you know, we can have pessimistic movies and cynical movies. You can appreciate those, but those don't make you feel good. Also, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with a heartwarming movie. Yeah. I mean, the, the part that makes me tear up every year, every time I watch it, is uh, when he's got the $6,000 that they had saved up to go, like, adventuring on their honeymoon. And uh, Mary, his wife, realizes like I've got this money. This could get us because people all want to withdraw the money when the mm-hmm. when the crashes. And uh, he's like, "You don't understand." And he explains. He gives him a really good speech about how banks work. And he's like, "Your money's not here in a vault. Your money's in your house, and your money's in his house. You know, and they're gonna mm-hmm. you borrowed that money from you to build their house. They're gonna pay it back when they can. Like that's how that's how banks work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know." She's like, how much money do you need? And one asshole in the beginning is like, I've got $240 here. I want my $240. And uh, he gives it out to a few people. Then one lady comes up and he's like, how much money do you need? And she's like, can I have $8.50? And it's just super sweet. Because you know, like, she's got a bill to pay. Mm-hmm. That's all she needs, you know. That's probably my favorite scene if I had a big one. But. Uh, in what ways do you think we still feel the effect of It's a Wonderful Life on, like, movies today? Like, it's influence. Um, I don't know. That one's kind of tough. I was flipping through this a few weeks ago when we thought we might record this. Yeah, and, and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's very influential today still. But I just, I I'm, I was trying to think. I, I couldn't think of any examples. I was wondering if anybody else could. Yeah, I mean, and I think in 
it definitely lends itself to that. This is the time of year where anybody is willing to embrace that kind of movie, too. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a religious person or celebrate Christmas or not, it's, you know, it's easier to accept that this time of year. You want to feel good right now. You know what I mean? It's also, it's also I think, like, really emblematic of the morality tale with a spiritual familiar who helps the main character point true north on their uh, on their compass again. And so, like, what, what comes to mind when I think of It's a Wonderful Life is not to besmirch its legacy, but is our animated movies, like, you know, where it, it like, the, the idea starts out, like, in, like, even to get, you know, a little ridiculous with it, but in, like, Mulan, where it's kind of a buddy comedy with, like, this Chinese girl and her dragon, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's the same concept, is it's, you know, she is trying to become a, she, she's a good person trying to become better, and she's helped by, you know, the spirits of her ancestors, which is, you know, mm-hmm. I think definitely pulling from that. Sure. Um, you know, I just, we just talked about Coco. Coco very similarly is about like, you know, family and spirits in the afterworld, um, you know, helping you along. And the influence may be even more elemental in that it's like the movie ending or the movie arc of like, you were good the whole time, you were enough the whole time. I think it's felt in a ton of movies. Yeah. It's just, it wears different... Like Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> it just wears different costumes through through the years. In Space Jam, it was just regular water. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, didn't have any of Michael Jordan's basketball sports drink in it. It was just water. It was in them the whole time. I could even compare it to another Talk of Fame movie where uh, at the end, George Bailey just starts seeing everything in Green Lines of Code and realizes he is the one. <laughs> 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 and he flies into Clarence's mouth and Clarence explodes in a burst of white light in a deleted scene <laughs> it's a wonderful Zion angel training sir that's great um, well anything else uh was there a reason that you did not want to ever put it up for like a nomination for us to discuss, or did you just think it was going to be too, too easy? This is the one of the five I picked that I thought would go through the gauntlet particularly well. Um, yeah, I can I can see that as I even looked at the gauntlet here. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, yeah, it, it's it, it would be a tough gauntlet for it. And I also kind of went genre sp- spread out the genre level on my top five. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how y'all ended up doing it, but. Um, I didn't really have this kind of heartwarming. I picked five Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, not not really. That was really the only reason. Most of the other ones, I think, would make it in. I just wanted to go ahead and kind of get them out of the way. Sure. But uh, yeah, this one I thought had a chance of not not getting in, maybe. Hmm. But uh, that's a good reason to pick one. If you just you just want to go ahead and like. So make sure the just, rest of us don't fuck it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop glaring at me. <laughs> yeah, you hate love. <laughs> it's in the heyday of movies, too. That was another one. Like, it's definitely not the best... I don't think it's the best movie of that year, even. Um, mm-hmm. It's my favorite of that year, but it came out the same year as The Best Years of Our Lives, which I don't know if any of y'all have seen, but it's mm-hmm. incredible. But post, also, post-war movie. It came out the same year as the French Beauty and the Beast film. <laughs> <laughs> That nobody will ever see. Quite erotic. 
Gross. Lumiere. Only the way French people can appreciate it. Lumiere is a sexy fucking candle. Came out the same year as Miracle on 34th Street, too. Huh. Oh, good year for Christmas. Maybe they made just a little more money than Miracle, though. So, fuck you, David. <laughs> Shit. <clears throat> but that's it for uh, for a little uh, inaugural class of the Talking Talk. We'll have another one next week. I think it's going to be uh, a David yep. entry. It will be. And uh, just if anyone wants to go ahead and watch it, I'll yeah. go ahead and tell you. I think it's available on Amazon right now. <clears throat> um, in honor of the cold weather, it was in my top five anyway. I'm going to do Fargo. Fun. Excellent. Brothers Fargo. And I'll talk about why I wanted to talk about it and why it's good next week. Great. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah, we'll have these little 15 to 20 minute podcasts once a week for the next few months and then we'll we'll be done with it. But but thanks for listening and uh, we'll have the the regular size podcast up. And welcome to the Talk of Fame. It's a wonderful life. Thanks. Matrix Stripes. It's a wonderful life. Yeah. (laughs)